This is the Boundless Pursuit Podcast, a show highlighting the purity of the experience without limitation. Each week, we'll bring anglers as diverse as the fish they chase, whether it be from your backyard or your bucket list, freshwater, saltwater, conventional gear, or fly. We're bringing stories and perspectives from fishermen from all walks of life, from across the country and globe. In the digital age, authentic communication and networking is critical, and I'd love to hear from you about show suggestions, potential guests, or general feedback. And you can reach me at boundlesspursuitfishing at gmail.com or at my website, www.boundless-pursuit.com. That's where you'll find the entire collection of written articles, podcast episodes, and media. I deeply value the feedback ratings, reviews, and support of my listeners. And I look forward to hearing from you. I'm your host, David Graham. Now let's get on to today's episode. All right, very sentimental topic for me today, because for the second time in the history of this show, we're talking to some Citadel boys. And if you remember all the way back in episode eight, we talked to a 2007 graduate of the Citadel, Sanford Anthony, who, if you remember, went on to become a fly fishing guide in Alaska post-graduation. Now, the Citadel is the Military College of South Carolina. It's the school that I went to and where I graduated from in 2010. And without going into the details of the school, all I can say is that it was just a transformative experience in my life. The Citadel is a military college with very strict rules of attendance, academics, and confinement to the campus where Day-to-day life is just extremely regimented. It is just a highly, highly controlled environment designed to bring about structure in the lives of young men. But for an outdoorsman, it's the kind of place that can drive you insane. And I'll tell you right now, I spent almost every weekend or day off that I had from that place in the marshes and the beaches that are local to Charleston or in the swamps and the backwaters a little closer to my hometown just north of there. Today, though, the school has seen some changes. And what's pretty cool is they have since seen the development of a college fishing program. Now, we didn't have that while I was there, but my guests today are two current cadets and seniors that run the Citadel Fishing Club and one recent graduate that is fresh out and making his way in the real world. I'm joined today by Caleb Matthews and Porter Lochner, Citadel Class of 2024, and Chandler Johnson, class of 23. And we're not just talking about the Citadel Fishing Club, but the importance of this kind of organization among college-aged men and women and how these clubs are organized, funded, just the activities that they get involved in recreationally, competitively, and just things that they do for educational purposes. It's a really awesome topic just around the growth of the sport as told by current college students, uh, recent graduates, and people like myself who are you know, a decade plus separated. These are Citadel men and anglers, Caleb Matthews, Porter Lochner, and Chandler Johnson. But yeah, uh, anyway, I don't know, man. Like, this has got high potential to turn into nothing but Citadel mumbo-jumbo. I had to give Sanford the same warning. I'm like, I'm going to try my best, you know, because there's a lot of sentiment behind it. I get real sentimental about that place. I forget it because... 99.999% of my life, I'm not thinking about the Citadel. I never run into other grads down here. Occasionally, I'll like, you know, see somebody with a ring and I'm like, what kind of ring is that? But other than that, I like forget it. So, like, when I do encounter other Citadel guys, it all comes flooding back. 
So yeah. I've Brian, been here for like seven months and haven't seen anybody else. Dude, I don't like I especially didn't see him in Arkansas or anything. I ran into one guy at the gym one time. I had I've got like a you know, I've got like the citadel like the old school citadel sticker on the back of my Jeep. And I had some guy like riding my ass honking at me one day. I'm like, You asshole. <laughs> and then he like pulled up next to me and like then I realized it's a citadel guy. I was like, Oh, okay. Carry on, buddy. Uh <laughs> But yeah, man, I don't remember him having that. And I don't know, like when I was a cadet at the Citadel I, on the weekends, all I did was fish. I like feel like I missed opportunities to build stronger relationships with my, my classmates. Like, I don't drink. I don't party. I did a little bit of that. But like if I had any time off and even if I didn't have time off, I just sneak out. I, I, I dress up like I was part of the guard team. And carry a clipboard and just walk out and just drive home. And it's like, I just did whatever I wanted. And, but nice. all I did was fish on the weekends. I was so hungry and so eager to fish. It's all I wanted to do. And I think that the environment that y'all exist in, yeah. like, you, when you take men and like bottle them up and control them, some of that is good. Some of it is like, Man, it like it manifests itself different for different guys on the weekends. Some guys let loose by acting a complete ass yeah. out in Charleston on the weekends. Some guys like me, I was I was way out in the swamp where no one was gonna find me if something happened to me. I got as far away as I possibly could and just fished every weekend. But anyway, y'all, if there's gonna be an intro of any sorts, we'll just do it now. But uh Caleb Porter. Yep. Two active cadets at the Citadel, and uh, most of the people listening to this won't even know what the Citadel is, so we're going to have to at least give a quick synopsis on what that is, where that is. Um, and Chandler, I appreciate you joining as well, uh, a more recent graduate of the Citadel, and then myself, I graduated in 2010, but this is a, a an interesting meeting of Citadel minds around the topic of fishing. And fishing organizations and clubs in college. So I uh, appreciate y'all's time. I didn't know if y'all had any cadet activities to be doing. Hopefully they won't play like Reveille or whatever that horn is. <laughs> is it really? <laughs> I know it's like any minute now. Yeah. But um, You're right at six. I don't know if you hear it or not. <laughs> I think I hear it. Anyway, oh, man. Those are interesting times. But uh, yeah, man, I, I've been kind of on the outside looking in, seeing that y'all are involved in uh, the Citadel Fishing Club. And I think it's an interesting topic for this podcast because I think it's an important topic for just young men and young people in general getting active in the outdoors early, especially in that college age where, you know, you've got a lot of avenues you can go down. You can either focus strictly on being part of the economic machine, which is maybe the smart thing to do. You can focus on being a wild man on the weekends, or you can focus on, focus on other passions. And y'all have gotten involved in a, a program that wasn't there while I was there. I really wish it was the, the, the Citadel fishing club. Hope I'm saying that right. Yeah. And uh, so yeah. I'm going to want to know a lot about what y'all do, um, how maybe the organization came to be what, like, you know, just the all encompassing. Uh, but I guess before we do that, when we mentioned the Citadel, 
for anybody listening who doesn't know that what that is, I guess Caleb and and Porter, y'all would be the best to ask right now because you're in it. Like you're there. You're sitting in your room right now. What sure. is the Citadel and what is life as a cadet like? Yeah, I'll speak on it real quick. Uh, so pretty much, obviously, the Citadel is the military college in South Carolina. It's uh, it's in Charleston, so it's right there um, near all the beaches. Kind of call it the Low Country's Paradise. Um, but yeah, I mean, your day's pretty structured. You're getting up at 5 a.m. Um, you have various tasks throughout the day. And there's a lot of military personnel working here. So you're probably going to run into first sergeants, colonels, um, you know, all throughout the day. <clears throat> it's kind of like a, they like to call it a leadership laboratory. Yeah. So they put the cadets in charge, right? So, and these cadets are from 18 to 22 years old. And you're pretty much in charge of, um, of everybody else. You, you kind of structure your own day you plan for other people and um it kind of just allows you to build your leadership style that way when you come out you know you'd be you'll be good in the workforce or good in the military so mm -hmm. that's kind of a quick rundown i'd have to say <clears throat> yeah it's interesting now are both of y'all seniors or what what class are we looking at here seniors okay and then y'all graduate when in may yep may early okay, may so it's yeah, you're right more. there don't do anything stupid i mean the end is here don't yeah, take any yeah. unnecessary risks. I've seen a lot of guys do some dumb crap right, right. before graduating. But yeah, man, I think you, you broke it down well. So y'all are right there. Y'all are anticipating graduation, but you're still living the cadet lifestyle. And then you, Chandler, just graduated, right? Like what, last year? Like you're fresh yeah, out. Yeah, past May. Oh yeah, fresh out. Well, I know this isn't yeah. necessarily a fishing question, but how are you adjusting? What is, what is a, does it feel weird? Does it feel normal? Everything going smoothly? I mean, it's really not bad, honestly. Like, the school definitely did help because, like, you got to listen to people. And it goes back to, like, when you're at work, you have to listen to people, too. So you start off at the bottom like you do when you get to the Citadel. So you're like a knob again. Yeah. But it's obviously not as bad. Yeah. But it, it's been good, and I've uh, done well starting off right now doing my first job. So, I mean, I think I've prepared pretty well, so. That's good. I know that was kind of a weird adjustment for me to a point. I mean, I went from the Citadel straight into law enforcement. So it was like the, the transition wasn't too different because I like went from one uniform to another. I had levels of authority at the Citadel to having levels of authority and on the road. Physical fitness was important at the Citadel. Physical fitness was important in that line of work. So it's like, you know, and that's the thing a lot of people wonder. We're talking about a military college. So a lot of people listening might be like, oh, okay, so these guys are like in the army or something. Uh, but what people may not know is that at the Citadel, it is a leadership laboratory. It is a military school, but you're not required to go into the military. And quite frankly, you're not even required to partake in a lot of the leadership activities, which I think is what makes it unique, in my opinion. It's like you, you have the option. Sometimes if it's not an option, it's not a special and I saw many, many of people at the school uh, not seize the opportunity to get involved with something that that like filled their plate. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. I'm just gonna come here. I'm just gonna skate through. I'm gonna get up, get my education, get on out. To each their own. You know what I mean? It's all good. Uh, but I, I know I wasn't necessarily that way. I wanted to fill my plate a little bit while I was there, but I did not get to fill my plate with the. With what I would have loved is something fishing related. 
And it is an opportunity to, to demonstrate leadership because I imagine it's not as simple as a bunch of dudes getting together and going fishing. So I want to know what the Citadel Fishing Club is all about. I mean, y'all are in it now, yeah. uh, Caleb and Porter. Like, like, what does the club do? I don't know. How often are you meeting? What, what does the membership look like? All of those things. I think we're going to really dig into that because surely it's not as simple as a bunch of dudes just meeting up to go fishing on the weekends. Yeah, uh, I, I wish it was. I wish it was that simple because <laughs> it, it's a lot of goes into it. Um, as far as how it started, I'll kind of talk about it from the beginning. So uh, me and Chandler, we actually weren't the people who started it up. There's a guy named Logan Redden. He graduated uh, last year with Chandler. Okay. He started it up about four years ago. And um, he, he kind of took it from his growth standpoint. I think he grew it to about 100 members within the second year. And really, during the first two years, um, from my standpoint, it looked like it was trying to teach people about fishing. So we would bring in speakers from like Hadrill's Point, um, some other marinas. Um, I think we brought in somebody from Z-Man. Yeah. Yeah. Brought somebody in. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Right there in Ladson. And just had some demonstrations, um, taught people about fishing, taught about some good spots. And then what we found out kind of going into year three is most of the people that go to the fishing club, um, already know how to fish. They already know these spots. They already knew how to do most of that. So what they wanted was opportunities to fish. And I, I'm sure you can kind of attest to it by yeah. the story of the sneak out and stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> if the school we go to makes it kind of hard to get out and go see these opportunities. Mm -hmm. uh, starting last year, we started putting people on orders to go fish tournaments. So like Chandler um, said earlier, we started going to fish uh, catfish tournaments at Santee, uh, strike bass tournaments at Lake Murray, just kind of giving people an opportunity to go, you know, pursue the fishing they want to. And it, this year we've actually done some pretty cool stuff. I, um, I sent somebody to Islamadora, Florida for a swordfish tournament. So, Isla Morada. Isla Morada. Got a handsome there somewhere. So, you know, oh, God, I learned all that the hard way when I first got here, like Matt Lachey Island. I'm like, Hey, what what kind of fish do you catch in Matt Latcha? And all the locals are like, you yeah, like, jackass. Or like Punta Gorda. I'm like, Punta Gorda. So I like, yeah. A Just lot of weird like, sounding names down here in Florida. You got a Okeechobee and Caloosahatchee and Choctawatchee and with Lacucci. With Lacucci, that's a good one. But anyway, sorry, I threw you off. <laughs> hey, I'm glad you, uh, glad you corrected me. So how you say yeah. it? Isla Morada. Isla Morada. Yeah, sent somebody down there um, for a swordfish tournament, caught two. Uh, sent somebody a couple months ago, they went and did a kingfish tournament down here in Charleston, caught a sailfish. Um, just giving people the opportunity to go out and, you know, see cool things that they have the opportunity to, but maybe the Citadel wouldn't originally let them. So that's kind of – we're building that barrier between the cadets and Jenkins Hall. That way people can actually get experience things in Charleston. Because that's another thing. We're in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, there's no reason people shouldn't be able to fish down here because people might be from the Midwest and this is the closest they'll ever live to an ocean. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. Fish water and stuff. So I'd like to give people the opportunity to go catch these type of fish that they might not be able to back home. <laughs> well, and that's one of the, Oh yes. Sorry. Go ahead, Porter. Yeah. I'm going to pick up off of that. So I was, I was a team leader with the club last year and I dropped it because I grew up doing tournament fishing with bass fishing. Mm -hmm. And once I figured out, I mean, we all know, the collegiate level of bass fishing is a lot more like it's a lot more focused on that than it is college. Like to be able to compete in those competitions, you got to be out there Monday, 
when the tournament's on a Friday, Saturday, just yeah. to pre like my buddies were out on Lake Murray on Monday to pre fish when the tournament's Friday, Saturday. And so a bit you really that's unheard of at our school. You're not gonna get orders being out of military school Monday to Friday. And like being from a tournament uh background, I gave up kind of my hopes of going pro or being high levels uh rising in the ranks coming to this school. I actually qualified for states in North Carolina. Yeah. The day I matriculated was the day of that tournament. And going back to what Caleb said, it's a big yeah. thing what they're doing, opening these, letting people go into these tournaments. Cause now we can have kids who, instead of being able to not be, instead of not being able to do the collegiate level, they can go out and finish or fish in these ABAs, these BFLs and all these local tournaments. Yeah. They yeah. kind of protect their craft. And when they graduate, they can pick up kind of like a dream that's what it was for me it was kind of a dream for me so it's helped out a lot yeah that's awesome and like uh chandler what what is your what was your role you know at the time i it seems like there was a little bit of a passing of the torch that took place between some of the people that are on this call right now but uh chandler i'm i'm you know i'm interested in you know because we sort of gloss over it, but i know like putting together orders for somebody to go fish a tournament there's a lot of moving parts there it's not as simple as like hey go down there and fish that tournament i mean there's like funding required there's approval needed from like you said an administration at a school that has curfews and obligations and things like that i mean how are you pitching this where did the support come from how like i mean there's there's a i don't know i'm very interested in how you managed to put that together to where somebody was fishing in billfish tournaments or, or whatever you said, yeah. swordfish tournaments. So really starting this off, we weren't, we didn't have as much like leeway just to go like, okay, we can get orders probably and go fish or for this coming weekend, we can just put orders in and go do a tournament. So like I, after I kind of got into being president this past year, like we started pushing more towards getting like reaching out to the people that need to, like we had to be in touch with because we didn't know where to go to. It was our first go round at this and we're just starting to club up. So we wanted to kick it off on the right foot and set yeah. the standard where we wanted it really. And, um, we're working at getting it there pretty good. And, uh, I mean, we're on a good track for it now. Like Caleb and I'll send them going to Florida and stuff for a five day trip. I mean, that was unheard of when the club first mm-hmm. started up. I mean, in my opinion, we're on to the right, um, you know, it's going good for it. So. And just for the just for the listeners, so orders orders is like you have to request permission essentially. Like you yeah. can't just, you can't just go fish. Sadly, so you have to talk to um, talk to people that's over us, so like adults. So essentially, what we have to do is put in the orders or the requests like a week in advance, and we have to give them the whole rundown where we're fishing, what we're doing, like emergency contact, the yeah. times we're going to be there and back. Yeah, times are gonna be there. Time we're coming back. It's because <laughs> everything we do has a curfew. Yeah, everything <laughs> has a curfew. So, yeah, and then it's like a lottery if you get it or not. Yeah, and then it's like, <laughs> yeah, you might not get it. It's like drawing a lottery or a gator tag or something. You might get to go. You, you might get, not. You gotta go back to that tag, the head, the man yeah. in charge of your company, and kind of sweet talk him a little bit. Be like, man, I yeah. really want to turn it and all that yeah. stuff, but. So, yeah, so who who do you go to? Because I'm thinking, <clears throat> granted, you're not at, you know, your average school. And a lot of normal colleges, 
I keep throwing up these air quotes that nobody can see because they're listening. <laughs> a lot of the people at like a normal school may already have a club uh, at their school, but like, you know, if, if, I don't know, somebody at a community college or a local state college is going to go try to pitch this idea to gain support, like who, who in the administration did you go to? It wasn't a tactical officer. It wasn't like a, you know, some, some member of the staff, like wh whose door did y'all go knock or would you go knock on so, to gain the support on this sort of thing? Okay. So like I said, none of us started the club. Logan did, but mm -hmm. I know by who he talked to. So most, at least four year colleges, they're going to have somebody that's like a director of operations for like clubs and uh, organizations. Right. So that's who we went to. Her name's Shelton Milner. Um, she's kind of over clubs and operations for, um, you know, organizations or startups at the Citadel. So we went to talk to her. Um, so if you're at an another college, yeah, just go talk to your club, club organizer. It, it might be under a different title, but there's, you'll be able to find it. It's going to be whoever directs clubs at your school. You can uh, talk to them and then um, just pitch the idea. And then, I mean, yeah, whatever questions they have, just, you know, have an answer for it. It's probably just going to be like, how many people are you planning on having? What are you going to be doing? And then most of the time you'll need an advisor because you'll yeah. probably have money. You'll have money for funding in your club and you're going to need like a, another adult to oversee that. So then you just got to find an advisor who's willing to quote unquote sponsor you, but pretty much just oversees the club. Okay. Yeah. Cause that was the next thing I was wondering is like, are y'all doing this stuff completely out of pocket or is there like a fundraising campaigns or like there's like a certain budget? Like, do you walk to them and try to like pitch like, Hey, can we get X, Y, and Z amount of money to go do this? And here's what the return will be. Here's how it will help us. Like, you know, they might want you to be like, oh, that's fine, but you got to tie in some kind of outreach or something of the sort. Like, where's the money coming from? So, so all we have done shirts and stuff to make, like, to make extra money and stuff. And mm -hmm. at the beginning and stickers and just patches and things. But like this past year, Caleb got started up pretty good on go ahead and tell him about what you did. Oh, yeah. So uh, I reached out to somebody who works in the fundraising for the Citadel. The Citadel reaches out to alumni a lot. That's kind of how the Citadel keeps operating. Alum I know alumni. firsthand. I, I, worked, I, I, reach out to you all I worked at the call center one summer, and I maintained to this day it's the worst job I have ever had. <laughs> and I've done some horrible jobs. But calling alumni. Oh, they don't know my number. I'm off the grid. But I mean, I'm talking, Jesus, I, you know, I worked anyway, I worked in that little call center once. It was the worst thing I've ever done. Calling alumni all day long, begging for money. And it was not fun. But anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I know that that's tough. I know firsthand it's tough. Yeah. To secure the funds. So, yeah, just went and talked to the alumni center and they set up this website for us um, with a QR code and everything. And so now, now I got that website QR code. Anybody can donate money to the club and it goes strictly to our account. So it goes okay. straight to the club account. We can spend, spend the money. So kind of a campaign I started and we're, we're still kind of working on it right now because it's pretty new is trying to reach out to marinas <clears throat> or Z man or, you know, people around Charleston companies that are willing to donate to the fishing club. Mm. And my idea was to put their name on the back of a shirt. And then I would sell that shirt around Charleston that way to get like give them an incentive to donate to the fishing club. 
um, just kind of build some brand notoriety and kind of build a partnership between the fishing club and all these companies in here trying to, cause I mean, if we can help, if we can help out local marinas and local companies, um, make money and they're willing to donate to us, it just, it benefits everybody. So that was kind of a campaign I started this year. It, it's still pretty new. We're getting it off the ground. We've, um, we've talked to Hadjel's point and then we talked to, um, like two other small marinas down here. Yeah. Yeah. I think I saw that when I was scrolling through your Instagram, you'd had some of those people come and talk. So yeah. I know that, I know that that side of it would be particularly challenging because you almost have to have a like level of business acumen to secure those kinds of deals. Yeah. But um, yeah, cause I know that can be challenging. Now, what about like membership, uh, like membership in general, like, like, like how, how many people y'all have in the club right now? How are you promoting the club and like like does everybody on campus even know that you exist yes so <clears throat> to have a club at, um at the school you have to get it notarized every year so you have to tell them how many members you have and you pretty much have to open it up for anybody to join so the beginning of every year i send out a core wide email to every cadet at the school and i tell them hey we're starting the fishing club it's gonna we're gonna have our first meeting in september if you want to join, come to the info meeting. We're going to tell you like our rundown about what we're going to do this year. Just open it up. Um, people that come, uh, we let them join. Uh, anybody can come into the club. So I think this year we have right at 100, 100 people. And that, that's a lot of growth because last year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> now, do you have membership fees? I mean, that can help get some money. <laughs> yeah. So we talked about we charge like forty dollars. It, it varies each year because sometimes we get nicer shirts. Like my sophomore year, we got these AFCO shirts. So mm. dude, like sixty bucks, but you get a shirt and a patch. This year we charge forty. Um, I wish I had a shirt to show you, but we got a, a pocket tee with a, a big red on the back and a red fish. So oh, that's cool. Have a good way to raise money. Just buy. I, know, I need I need to browse y'all store for for on a personal level, but <laughs> um. I'll mail you a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> well, Porter, I see. I Porter, I see you wearing at least one of the designs. But um, yeah, this was junior year, so last year. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. But well, yes, that's, that's the unique thing about um, the cool thing about the Citadel. Like y'all, y'all had alluded to it earlier, is that you, you know, people from all over the country and even different parts of the world matriculate there, and um, you know, just for people listening, it's a. I, that's I think one of the. One of the things about that school that I appreciated the most is that it like gives you the opportunity to interact with, I don't know, people from different cultures, different sorts of background from all over the country that maybe you otherwise wouldn't have associated with uh, had you had any other option. But when everybody gets their head shaved and wears the same uniform and talks in the same cadence and walks in the same cadence, and as you sort of get your identity stripped, you have no choice but to sort of find common ground with with people from you know backgrounds from all over um but at the same time it's like you're also creating a i don't know a team to a degree and a lot of these guys are coming from different parts of the country with different angling backgrounds so that side of it's really interesting um but now when y'all show up at these meetings like well you know aside from let's say uh, competitions or or things like that. Or what are some of the other activities that you're doing? Because I know you got to keep it diverse to actually have meaning. Are y'all doing any kind of like I don't know, like community 
I don't want to say community outreach, but you know, I don't know. Let's say you're all oh, we're good today. We're going to go out and clean up, uh, you know, trash from the mangroves or something, or, or like what, uh, what all kinds of activities are y'all doing that are like organized activities beyond like a fishing tournament. So at least a couple examples this year, um, I think I took about 30 people. We went and toured a, a boating facility. So there's a boat club down here called Freedom Boat Club. And they're they're a conglomerate. They're owned by um, not Johnson Outdoors, uh, Brunswick. Brunswick owns them and they own Mercury. It's just some other like boating industry companies and some fishing companies. So we went and toured that facility. Um, yeah, they gave a good representation, took us out in the Charleston Harbor. Um, that was a good way to get the at least half or like a third of the club involved um, mm-hmm. saw that and they just opened it up to internships too. They, uh, through that, just building partnerships with um, some of these places down in Charleston, they offered internships to cadets. So it's kind of a good way to get some people, um, some job experience within the Charleston area. And then, I don't know, you kind of brought up a good point. It, it'd be kind of cool to schedule something with DNR and we might could do something with oyster beds, something like that. Um, yeah. That, that makes something cool to look at. Yeah, because that's what I'm thinking. Like that is uh it's actually I'm I'm really impressed that your club has got that kind of head count, which makes sense. I mean, fishing is gonna be popular. I think yeah. by and large, most of the guys that I ever met at least were a little bit engaged in the outdoors, uh, you know, in some capacity, more some more than others at the Citadel. But when you have a head count of a hundred people, all hundred can't do, go do the same thing, I would think. It's like you'd almost need like a rotation of uh, you know, I don't know, small groups. And yeah. this group's going to go to uh, something that's centered around conservation. And, or this group's going to go do something around, you know, I don't know, community outreach, education. This group's going to go compete. This group's just going to go do like, a, you know, uh, just like an experience, camping, fishing, something of the sort. Um. So I was interested in like the different varying degrees of what y'all are doing. Now the creative ideas too, it's like somebody's got to be behind planning and coming up with this. Do you have like a creative team or is there only one guy that's having to come up with everything for all hundred people? So kind of the cool thing about the club, at least from what I've done this year, I have like a, a treasurer, um, you know, a secretary, all all the normal positions you would probably have for a club, but Mm -hmm. Mainly, I just open it up to club members. If you have something that you think is cool, pitch me the idea, and we'll try and make it happen. So the idea about going to tour Freedom Boat Club wasn't my idea. It was a club member, a club member's idea. So he told me about it. Um, I got in contact with people from Freedom Boat Club, and we we set that up. And that was just something that uh, you know, came to be because somebody had a good idea. And you'll come to find that that's that's pretty much how the Citadel Boat Club or Citadel Fishing Club runs. We um. It's, it's up to members. So if the member, you know, has something they want to go do, I kind of try and allow them and give them the resources to go do that. Yeah. So, That's yeah. pretty cool. I mean, cause I'm curious. I I looked again, I scrolled through the Instagram. I see these, these, these meetings taking place or like PowerPoint presentations. And I'm like curious, I'm like, what does a meeting like in this club typically entail? Like, what are you talking about? Are you giving a presentation of sorts on, I don't know. I saw one that was like being an effective angler. Like what are like what are the topics of discussion going on in there? Do you do you have like a criteria or like a like a specific agenda every time y'all meet? Like today we're gonna be talking about 
saltwater inshore fishing. Today, we're going to be talking about you know, fishing in the upstate of South Carolina rivers and streams. I don't know. It's a very dynamic state if you're talking about yeah. South Carolina as far as, you know, different topography. But I'm yeah, curious, like, what the meetings entail. So I kind of spoke on it earlier. I don't know if we we're recording yet, but first two years, it was probably, it was really informational. We'd have people from, you know, Z-Man and a bunch of other um, tackle shops come and talk, um, give some tips and stuff. But what we found was most people already had like an engagement or knowledge behind the fishing industry. What they needed was just an opportunity to go. So now the meetings mostly just consist of planning. Like, hey guys, what do y'all, what do y'all want to do in the next couple months? Like, where, where would y'all like to go fish? Um, you know, what's some stuff y'all would want to do? Or maybe some changes we can make. That way y'all can go, you know, catch these fish. Like the shad runs coming up in Santee. I won't send as many people to go catch them as we can you know um shopper's about to start running i want to send some people to go catch some striker i, I plan on going to catch some striker myself so <laughs> just kind of you know talking about opportunities that are coming up letting people know what fish are going to be biting and just telling them maybe some spots to get uh we don't like to hold our spots to ourselves you know sometimes you know, <laughs> yeah crossing up is so big you can't get fish yeah group up 100 people out of spot but you know telling some people where to fish and then you know, tell them what's biting and stuff. That's cool. Now, is there like that? That is awesome, man. I would have loved doing this. It's like if I could go back in time. Because I'm like now, like the creative side of me is thinking like I like get get amped up about the topic. Like if you yeah. send somebody out to say uh, go fish the shad run, which I've done. I, I miss the shad run. I've done it on the tail race. I've done it at the yeah. Santee Dam. I, I like I know that world. Written about it. Shad run's fantastic. But is there a second part of that where like a follow-up meeting, like when everybody returns the next meeting, give like a recap and a breakdown, like, oh man, this is, this is kind of like your, like a fishing report. You know what I mean? Yeah. It'd be kind of a cool opportunity to, you know, you hate to force participation, but to, to, you know, make sure that there's engagement going on. It, it's, it, it'd be kind of a cool exercise in getting up and communicating too. If somebody comes back and like gives like a verbal report breakdown on, you know, what happened, what worked, what were some of the challenges, what was the conditions of the day, here's what was working, here was what wasn't working, here's what we learned, here's, you know, are people coming back and then sort of getting like a follow-up on that experience? I mean, most of the time it's just conversational, so like they don't come back and give like a presentation or anything, but they'll send us pictures of what they caught. Yeah. Most, we'll, we'll post that on the page, you know, give them some uh, some more publicity or not publicity, but just you know, they'll he'll re, they'll recap it online. Like yeah, they posted it when y'all went to Santee for catfish. The next, the mm -hmm. following Monday, Tuesday, you look on the Instagram and it's like this group of guys. So like all of them tagged like went out to Santee Cooper to go chase mm -hmm. the catfish, and this is how it went. But yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I mean you you you're right. You had mentioned before that a lot of the guys show up sort of with a built-in level of experience in fishing. Uh, but, you know, that's that's the kind of the great thing about fishing is, like, ideally, at least if you're smart, you're always going to approach it from, like, a student's mindset and never get to a point where you think you've reached the top. Uh, so it's, it's, I don't know, I've noticed that in interacting with a lot of anglers just for fun online in this podcast, 
is, you know, everybody sort of has this different idea of what fishing is. People approach fishing as, you know, as a business, as a means to make money, or they approach fishing as uh, that there needs to be a layer of competition behind it, or it's not fulfilling. Like I need goals. I'm very goal oriented. Like I've got to get um, like there's master anglers programs, things like that. Many states have that. Um, other people, it's more loose and more free filling. It's just like, I need adventure. I need to be challenged. And that is a broad thing that can be done in any sort of way. But, um, I think it's very unique that you're inviting in that many people from that many different places that probably have a lot of different perspectives and then creating like, I don't know, community amongst them. But Chandler, I've not heard from you for a while. Now that you've left the school and left that uh, program and you're kind of out on your own doing your own fishing, is there things that you see on the outside looking in that you think, man, like post-graduation, here's some things that like, you know, I don't know, maybe you can take a sort of a unofficial advisory role here and now that you would, that you would uh, suggest that college programs do preparing a guy that's about to graduate. Like some things that maybe if you could go back and put in place in the Citadel Fishing Club that, that maybe you would do. The only thing that I would think of doing better for the club right now, which is off to a great start, like I mentioned before, but really just like having like way to like raise money for the club. Because mm-hmm. when I was there, we took these trips and we came out of pocket mostly. Oof. So it might not sound like a lot, but for a college student, it'd be even like, 75 or a hundred dollars or something like that to be able to go on their trip might just be like the last few bucks they have. And all they want to do is go fishing and have a good time. And so that's why we started the, um, doing the trips, you know, like cutting the costs, like by having money in the club account, we can cut the cost of people having to pay out of pocket as much and really just get the fundraising up and, send more people and do more trips Yeah, enjoy it because you only go to college one time and you really got to make the most of it, especially being there. You know, I mean, you were there for four years and you couldn't go fishing whenever you wanted (laughs) all the time. And well, maybe you did, but (laughs) I I probably went at times when I wasn't supposed to, but um, I I made it through unscathed. You know what bothers me is like, uh, I see the pictures even on y'all's page of guys holding like flounders and redfish off the docks, like on campus. I'm like, oh my gosh, I was there for four years. I never fished off those docks. You need to tell me the whole time I could have been fishing. Uh, Crazy. Redfish down there, flounder. I mean, it's pretty good. Black drum too. My sophomore year, there's a guy in hotel company when I was in F Troop. A guy in hotel, he was like on the borderline of being a day student. I think he had like nine hours. And every morning at like nine o'clock, I'd see him walk out of hotel company with a bucket, a five gallon bucket with three rods in it and a net. He would just go fish off the dock all day, every day, just because he didn't have class. I mean, it's a. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like right there on the Ashley, right? Kind of breaks off where the wind is and the current is. So, I mean, it's just a perfect spot to fish. Yeah, I would think you have to wait for high tide. I like, I remember being out there on the docks a few times and it was like just straight mud. Yeah, know? it gets pretty muddy out there. Got to catch the tide right. Yeah. We have a kayaking, our pet class, it's kayaking paddle boarding. Mm. And a few of my buddies asked their teacher, they're like, could we bring some rods out? And she's like, yeah, I don't care. So guys are going out there during class and 
paddle, we had <laughs> paddleboard provided to them, and they're out there fishing. That's paddle, cool. Yeah, get some red bat, a red fish in the grass and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice spot. I mean, y'all are right in the heart of just some phenomenal fishing. I mean, I I, I love Charleston, but um, and I think we'll talk some more maybe about about the like your club or just clubs in general. But I also want to talk about just I don't know broad statements here. A lot of this is just going to sort of turn into devolve into opinion based like stuff. But like I don't know, man. Like you think about creating engagement and fishing in general. Like, let's say you've got guys in your club or even girls in your club. I don't know what your, you know, representation is or clubs in general across America. And you said a lot of them come in and they're, they're already anglers. They're already outdoorsmen. But like, how do you, how do you reach those people that aren't involved? Just you knowing how important fishing can be for, I don't know, the, the soul of a man. Yeah. Maybe I'm getting a little preachy here, but, um, like how do we how do we kind of have outreach and engagement to people who who aren't involved in the outdoors and bring them in? Like the importance of this kind of program in schools. Like what where is your mind at on that? Because what's the alternative? Go and you know act like a complete shithead on the weekend in college. I mean this, this stuff is you know there's a lot of value in it, but like you know how how can we create a little bit more engagement in the outdoors with with young men, young women? Um, I think just by showcasing like where you're at, just some good stuff around the areas you're in, because a lot of people might come to a place for the experience. You know, people don't live near the beach, for example, and come to Charleston. Um, and maybe they're not into not into wildlife. Well, you need to show them how fun it can be, right? There's a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. you haven't seen, you haven't experienced, so you need to experience everything you can, and wildlife's one of them. And I think a big thing, um big thing too is just talk about the converse like conservation aspect of it because i mean you've probably seen it you build you know you build a lot of stuff up around you know water and stuff trying to build the economy up you might ruin some natural habitat and this a lot of stuff's not gonna be around forever you know people people are greedy so think take advantage of it while you can and then just you know build your knowledge so you can be that voice to save it yeah because i know the other side of that too is like Go ahead, Chandler. Oh, I was just saying, like, as far as, like, getting other, like, guys and girls engaged in this, though, like, fishing and stuff, like, really, like, to do that and, like, in general and stuff like that, really just takes, like, your members, like, that know that are locals around where you're at, like, to engage with other people and, like, be, Mm -hmm. like, have friends that just might not fish and just include them, be like, hey, come in with us. We're going out this weekend. We're going to go pond hopping or we're going to go catfishing in Santee Cooper or, or somewhere like that. We might run up to Lake Mary and go bass fishing or something. All that stuff's close to us. I mean, because Charleston's like an angler's heaven, really. Yeah. I mean, it's got everything you want within an hour away of it. Yeah. Well, an hour and a half. But, yeah, I mean, that's just how word of mouth and, like, other people interacting with each other. And that's kind of the cool thing about Citadel, believe it or not, is, like, you are restricted during the week. So, when the Citadel Fishing Club can present these opportunities to go fish, you know, even if you, you've never been an angler before, you're probably going to go take it, right? Because you, you want to get off campus. You want to go see some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, but taking advantage of, you know, even the worst hand you're dealt, um, getting some people outside. Kind of what Chandler said, just taking them on trips, inviting them out, um, letting them see how fun it can be. That's the biggest thing I'd say for growth. 
Uh, yeah, that's yo, go go ahead. Picking up off of Chandler, like the biggest part is word of mouth and like marketing the club and what we do. Like he's done a great job with the Instagram account. I mean, a cool thing, like we all know about the Citadel. Everyone we have a school with people from all over the country, all over the, the world. So like I live right off of Santee Cooper. I live five miles away from the boat ramp. So we go to these meetings like, hey, like I've been talking to Caleb, let's do a tournament. And I live five minutes away. I might come home on a random weekend, tell my roommate, like, hey, you want to go fishing? Like, anyways, going off of that, but the marketing part, like the Instagram, like you send pictures of these guys having a good time on these big fish, pretty fish. Yeah. Or just like sunsets on the water. Like there's different aspects of it. You can kind of market to pick people's minds, like the big fish. Some people like that, the views kind of. Like there's so much to it, but like word of mouth and marketing is like the biggest part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And right. And the good thing too is like you don't have to like just because we were to like a fishing club and all, like we don't have to only get in a you know, week long bass tournament or something. Like there's like once you get into like the little group of things going on and like follow other people on social media, Facebook and stuff, and have buddies that know about fish like striper, crappy, catfish, whatever it might be. Like there's other like weekend tournaments that you can enter for like one day me and mm-hmm. caleb fish i don't know probably four or five i know i fished freaking over a dozen probably while i was there yeah. but just striper <laughs> tournaments and catfish tournaments and just you know sometimes they might be five ten bucks or free to enter even i mean you just go and you get your orders for it and you put in and look up and uh get to go and do that and enjoy and have a good time with your buddies yeah, because I, I I would think like the the tournament element of it would be a little bit more of the higher level, like your higher level members who come in like already equipped with some base level skills and stuff. But then like on your other side, I know like for like for some people, like fishing gear and equipment, it is like it can be intimidating. Like even for me, like like this past weekend, I did like land based shark fishing with a group of dudes y- much younger than me. I've uh, seen that. But like their gear and equipment and I've dabbled in shark fishing, but it was like, they're so dialed in, like their rigs are so efficient. I like almost felt embarrassed to bring my own stuff. You know what I mean? I felt like it. I'm like, ah, man, like, you know, they're going to laugh when they see the, the dumb shit I got. So like, I know that like, that's a thing, you know what I mean? Like, so some of, some people may be intimidated to join a club because everybody in the club, you know, think of what a club is. It's just a bunch of people who are like, like-minded and walk the same talk the same at least that's what you would think and you might be too intimidated to get in there because ah you know i i, I want to fish but like my parents never showed me or i didn't have like a figure in my life that showed me but it's something i'm interested in but i don't want to show up and be embarrassed because all i know how to operate is a push button reel and i don't know how to tie knots do y'all tie any kind of like like basics education into it like we're gonna learn we how have- to tie uni knots we're gonna learn how to tie you know, whatever. We have like, had we have had that stuff in meetings before, but I would like to touch on like we are like the club is like diversified enough where like there's anglers that can throw a push button reel and you know just go fish off the bank, and then we have guys that go offshore fishing trolling with the you know the whatever high speed wahoo trolling gear they need. Like we have different levels throughout the club, and that's why it's good with that many people we're able to get together and then communicate and. You know, figure out everybody's like skill level. You get your group of people, what you want to do. 
you've only been able to fish off like the banks and stuff before. Well, we got plenty of people in the club that might have boats so you can go home with them and just enjoy and have a good time and go yeah. bass fishing in a boat in a lake. Yeah, that's kind of the cool thing um, about having people from all over. It kind of opens up, opens you up to a new type of fishing. Like before I came here, I, I fished off the pier in Garden City and stuff, but I've never been offshore fishing in the um, creeks and stuff. So coming down here, um, meeting buddies, um, it's kind of opened me up to a new type of fishing. And that's kind of the same thing for the rest of people in the club. Just Like I said, it just gives you opportunities to go and fish. And even if you don't know, it, it doesn't matter. Like you'll learn, somebody's going to teach you. I mean, like you said earlier, always be a student, you know, always be a student. Right yeah. Now. I don't you can't know. Really name a single person, like anyone who fishes, like I can't think to my mind, anyone who's taught me fishing, who sat there and just like not been the nicest person, like enjoyed teaching you. Like the type of people that go out and fish, like they're, they're in touch with the earth, with the nature. Like they enjoy, like personally, I enjoy teaching people. So like, the brother in the club, like this guy, like seeing a guy who doesn't know what's going on, like that's exciting because you're like, dude, come to my house. We're going to go fishing tomorrow. I'm going to put you on some fish. Like it's about you. It's not about me. It's about you getting to see what I enjoy and why I enjoy it. Yeah. So like that's kind of how we do it. That's it's like a brotherhood, a lot of camaraderie. in it. Yeah. 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 I think by nature, most anglers, like deeply passionate anglers are, are pretty in tune with I don't know, the more important things in life. But yeah, it's like anything else. There's there's bad actors and everything or or people who are, I don't want to say bad actors, but, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe they're, maybe what they hope to get out of it is a little more disingenuous. But I'm kind of curious about, aside from the club, like y'all's fishing. So like you're in school. So like, uh, like, like uh, club fishing aside, uh, you know, what, what is, uh, you know, the kind of fishing that's nearest and dearest to your heart, uh, Caleb and, and, and Porter. I mean, I think you, Porter, I think you've already mentioned you kind of have more of a tournament competitive side background. But, um, you know, what what are y'all typically dabbling with if you get a little bit, if you get an open, what do they call it, an open weekend? I don't even remember yeah. what the term. Yeah. yeah. yeah an open weekend. So, <laughs> it was time me. Uh, last year with Chandler's here, Chandler's my roommate. Uh, right around when March came around, we were striper fishing every weekend. I probably, I don't think I spent a weekend at school from March until May. I was going every weekend. Just striper fishing. Um, that, that was something new that I'd never done. Uh, I never grew up striper fishing. All we ever did, we'd, we'd go to the lake, you know, drop down, catch some catfish. Um, I actually never hooked into a striper until about two years ago. So doing that, um, kind of just going back home, fishing the freshwater, fishing some bat, or for some bass, panfish, striper. Um, we take the annual trip to Santee, like we talked about, catch some big blues. Uh, th- this year we caught about, it might be posted on the club, we caught about a 45-pound blue. So, I mean, it, it's kind of cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's most of what I dive into. I know a lot of people come and they'll fish all the, all the salt water down here, go offshore, fish in, the, fish in the inlets and stuff. But most of the time, if I get a free weekend, I'm going back to my roots, fishing for some bass. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Porter, are you more more or less the same way? Are you from the Charleston area, Porter? You mentioned you, you came from somewhere. I came from North Carolina. I've been in I was in Fayetteville from two thousand two till senior year of high school or freshman year of college, so twenty twenty one. And like uh, that's what I was gonna say in my uh, explanation is 
I was big into tournament fishing. I grew up when my dad was in it. We had this big charity organization fishing group. But long story short, when I got here, I kind of South Carolina has a different way of fishing. I introduced yeah. the bush hooking. Do you know what that is? The yeah. what? Bush hooking for catfish. Oh, uh, what do they like? Tie a line to a? We called it limb lining. Yeah, but I got yeah. into that and catfish. <laughs> talking to Caleb around him, I got into striper fishing a lot, and like I can attest yeah. to what you were saying earlier, like being strictly bass fishing my whole life before I moved here. I was intimidated. Like, I don't want to ask this guy to go striper fishing with him because I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, but I mean, it's not like that. You ask someone, they're going to put you on fish the whole time. And that's striper fishing is huge on Santee. And yeah, we we're actually trying to plan something whenever the stripers start running. Probably go in March. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I thought was interesting about uh, yours, Porter. Is like, you're actually, this, this isn't your home turf. You know what I mean? This isn't your home water. So, so you have the, the unique angle that you're having to like, you know, fish new waters every time you go out or most times you go out. But I think that that is the best. You know what I mean? I I don't know, man. That's like, I think there's a lot of value in staying true to your, like uh, your home waters and appreciating your home waters. So it, but I like, if there's one thing I tell most anglers is like, at least carve out some time in your experience as an angler to do something totally out of your element. Like, just go chase a completely different kind of fish by completely different means. Like, put yourself in a position to challenge your intellect as an angler. I mean, because you can just dominate and kick ass as a bass fisherman all the time. And it's like, I think there's a time and place to, like, be humbled. There's, like, a value in it. And y'all know that better than anybody as, as Citadel guys. Yeah. We all saw it at that school where, like, you know, you see the guy come in the gates for the first time and you could tell he was hot shit in high school. Yeah. And you're like, that's that's gonna be my bitch right there. That's my guy. <laughs> this is the kid. Like that, I'm that, that yeah, I'm yeah. about to bring this guy down. And uh, <laughs> and a lot of times you can tell, like I always joke about this with people when I talk to folks about the citadel is I know I was very active in like <laughs> the, the cadre stuff. <laughs> I had too much fun with it. Yeah, but I thought it was a unique opportunity to get a glimpse into human nature. It's like a very interesting chamber to to observe human nature. And I always thought it was so funny to watch how the nerdiest kids that had the biggest hill to climb, the smallest, most fragile, big, thick glasses, socially awkward weirdos could always take the heat better than the jocks. Right. Like, because they've been conditioned. Because yeah. they've been forged in the fire. Like, oh, I'm getting bullied again. They've had it. They've had it. The <laughs> other guy's never been challenged, never had something out of the ordinary. It's like, I learned that at, at that school. And it's like, to this day, there's times where I feel like my experience as an angler, like I'm, I'm kind of stuck in the mud. Like, if I start doing the same thing for too long, I'm like, I, you know what? I get online. I start doing research. I look up new things, something totally different than what I'm accustomed to. I'm like, I, I need to occupy a month, maybe even an entire year, figuring out this fishery, this type of water, figuring out tidal fishing, figuring out cold water species, warm water species, figuring out, you know, I don't know. Like we, we mentioned obscure species earlier. It's, uh, it's a proving ground. Every fish that swims is an opportunity to test yourself and your ability to like 
solve that puzzle. So it's like, um, you know, I don't know. I, when I was at the Citadel, all I wanted to do was get away from there and just do something unfamiliar. But uh, yeah, and like, so Chandler, I'm kind of interested in your your take on it because, like I said, are you from Florida, Chandler? I mean, you no. left the Citadel now. Like now, the chains are off, and you can just go. So, like, how are you occupying your time? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You got it made. I, mean, <laughs> I know it's great. <laughs> I mean, I feel free. You know, like I just got out of a prison uh, prison sentence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was from South Carolina, really small town, um, twenty minutes from Lake Murray. So I fished a good bit for striper, crappie. I mean, pretty much just bass fishing a lot in ponds and stuff. But I mean, I moved down here to Florida for my first job, and I mean, I lucked up and I hit the honey hole. I'm down here on Lake Okeechobee right now, and I mean, it's it's great. I mean, I'm in big bass heaven. I fish all the time. That's how I occupy my time. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good anglers around here even. I mean, you know, between, like, all the little small-town tournaments that come to town and then, like, the big dogs come in, like Bass Elite and Bass Opens here actually this weekend starting up. Um, I mean, there's just good opportunity down here. I mean, it's been a blast, really. I mean, I've fished more in these past few months than I have in the last three years. I mean, it's it's been awesome. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I, I remember, uh, like I said, uh, you know, I feel like guys get, like, shot out like a cannon when they leave the Citadel more than more than other places because you didn't get the opportunities to experience a lot of stuff. So like you're more eager to do things. I, I tell you when I when I graduated from the Citadel, I wanted some kind of adventure immediately out the gate. I think I went straight to Texas. Not from Texas. I mean I've lived in Texas when I was a kid. I I, I went to high school in Monk's Corner, South Carolina. That's where I was from. So like I fished Lake Moultrie <laughs> Lake Mary and I've fished all those areas. Still got a lot of family and friends around there, but uh I went out to Texas for a week to chase alligator gar. Real alligator gar, not the little gar yeah. that live in South Carolina. I'm talking about like the seven, eight footers. And uh I don't know, man. It was like a course setter for me. It's like I would urge guys in college, I'll tell you, like I said, I had this massive pressure on my shoulders when i was at the citadel thinking that i needed to like leave that school and become part of the machine like oh you're, you're supposed to get a job you're supposed to you know of course you are but um you know i was I, maybe more tunnel vision than i should have had i had absolutely had opportunities to do way more adventurous things early and i either squandered the money on dumb shit or no. thought that like oh that's just I'll, I'll put that off and now i think back i'm like Ah, man, if I'd have just like prioritized taking a little bit more risks earlier on and like like when you're younger and you're not married and you don't have kids on the way, like you can afford to take those risks. You can afford to pursue the fishing fishing industry, which again, I didn't necessarily want to like hijack the tone of this conversation to be around that, but like you can you can afford to take that stab at it and maybe yeah. things will happen and not wind up. 37 year old guy hoping to like somehow make it happen um but but yeah man it's it's interesting times it's a fun uh dynamic the conversation between the four of us but um yeah i'm curious though y'all's perspective and anybody can chime in on this like what is like the big picture for 
the Citadel's fishing club or like what the ideal fishing club would look like for the like North American college aged male eager to get involved with something like that. Like what, like, like what's big picture for that club? Where do you see it heading? Things like that. So there's a lot of really good collegiate teams out there right now. Like as far as like the bass fishing industry goes, I know I don't see the Citadel's club my personal opinion being like one of those like one of the well-known bass fishing teams um but i do see it like a lot more diversified like as far as like being able to go on like more having a lot more trips really good fundraising back in our club so anybody that wants to join and puts the time in to go and do that is definitely able to go and do that in the future yeah, and kind of another thing Chandler was talking about was the variety. I mean, most of the time when you think of college fishing teams or clubs, it's strictly bass fishing. So yeah. probably, I mean, and not just for Citadel, but for other clubs, you know, in North America or colleges, just kind of opening up to the variety of fish, you know, you have. Um, a lot of these people, you know, you can go catch big old catfish. Um, that might excite somebody a lot more than catching a three or four pound bass, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot more species out there that you need to experience. So just kind of building up some publicity around other species and then giving people the opportunities to go. Um, and maybe kind of take a page from our book that uh, Logan Redden uh, was doing, just getting people who have industry knowledge to come speak. Cause yeah. Yeah. Um, that's what people need to open up their, um, open up their knowledge to other types of fishing and, it's probably just a good thing to do. Yeah, that's really the good thing about our club, though. Like I said, though, because we got people from bass fishing to brim fishing, crafty fishing, to marlin and sword fishing in the ocean, really. That's the good thing about it. So there's all levels in the club where you can go, not feel intimidated, be welcomed, and have good connections to go and do what you want. That's another thing. Being a club, just build some good connections with the companies around you. So, like, build good connections with the marinas, good connections with any guide services, because um, they might cut you some deals uh, for pricing. Um, and just just talking to people, honestly, there's going to be everyday people that fish that know some good spots and have some good tips. And um, just picking people's brains. Um, keep talking about fishing, different types of fishing, and you know, the more you do that, I'd say the more people will probably join, and then the more opportunities you'll probably get yeah the better time you'll have in my opinion yeah for sure it's good to get different looks from from all of those is pure fishing still in north charleston i thought there was like shimano or pure fishing or so shimano is in ladson pure yeah. fishing in columbia now uh, okay their headquarters is in columbia i knew there's somewhere in that area I've, I've known a couple of citadel guys that somehow wound up getting marketing jobs and there's yep. a, that's the other thing too is people need to understand there's a lot of different there you is. Know, there's a lot of different avenues into that industry, whether it be in manufacturing, whether it be in marketing, whether it be in, you know, I don't know, as a guide, whether it be as uh, yeah. in the social media side of it, there's social media managers, there's all kinds of, there's all kinds of stuff, but I feel like you have to set the ball in motion early and like yep. get in now to, to like make it start going. But um, yeah. Very interesting. Well, I'll tell you what, like, it's it's sort of funny. I've been like the grumpy a-hole graduate for like the last, I don't know, decade. I always tell my <laughs> wife, I was like, I ain't going back. We're not, we're not, you know, I missed my 10-year reunion because COVID. 
Uh, I don't even want to know what that place was like during COVID. I don't even want to. Uh, how? Not fun. I can't, uh, during COVID. Can't yeah. imagine yelling at a knob from six feet and some arm, arm. Well, they used to tell us arms distance or whatever anyway. Uh, but yeah. But um, in recent times, I've even thought like, you know, maybe I'll come back for my 15 year reunion, which will be next year. So if I wanted to come back and talk to the club, who would I reach out to? Y'all won't be there, but is have you already kind of you already have have you already sort of like set up like who who you pass the baton to? Is there like a rank and file order of like who takes over? So that's kind of like how it was like set. Like so, you really like voted on, and you base people off their dedication to the club, so it gives you a better understanding who will be better in those positions. Like Caleb was very active in the club, and also like obviously everybody wanted him for president. So there he is now, but he can speak on the other ranks and stuff. How that goes? Well, that's just kind of how I've kept it um, open up to people. Um, just I kind of let them volunteer for positions, and you know whoever volunteers, that's who I pick. And then based off their dedication to the club, um, you know, like as far well within those roles, like reaching out to members, um, posting on the Instagram page, you know. Whatever I need them to do, like based off their dedication or actually going to fish, um, that kind of decides who will be like in charge next year. As of right now, um, I, I have like two people kind of set in place, and I'm really just kind of letting them decide who wants to take over the club next year. So, have a fish I'm off. Cool. Yeah, a fish <laughs> off. That actually might be a good idea. A fishing decathlon. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. You got to like cast and land on the target actually you just you just uh made a new tradition i'm gonna do a, a fishing decathlon yeah so. hell yeah that'd be interesting <laughs> you gotta spice it up that's hilarious man yeah i i would actually there's not been a lot of things that have inspired me to want to like not i love the citadel but like nothing's really made me feel the strong urge to return quite yet that's what they all say oh you you just won't you'll be so ready to come back like i don't know it hadn't happened for me yet but uh, I, I love when I do come back. I just I haven't gotten to the point where I feel like going out of my way to come back. But I would love to come back and talk to that club. Um, now, this was an opportunity for me to hear more from y'all and, and hear about club, your club, clubs in general. Uh, but I'm a pretty opinionated guy, so I don't know what the nature of my conversation with everybody would be. I've got a lot of hmm, ideas on what the experience is supposed to be and who knows but i do want to find more ways to support so um how would i do that like do y'all have a website i want to establish that i want to know where you know i don't know maybe there's some alumni listening like where would they direct funds how can they reach out to the club what's your like contact information website everything okay so the main thing that we um we use uh as far as reaching out to people is our instagram page which you already follow and then Okay, and the fundraising page we have um, that I had created, if anybody wants to donate <clears throat> uh, donate funds to the Citadel Fishing Club, that's the way they can do that. Uh, it's a QR code. You scan it, fill out information, and um, it, it's pretty simple. It's self-explanatory. And then, yeah, just that and the Instagram page. You know, I'm sure even some people would probably even donate gear and equipment. Like I said, there may be guys that are from out of town that don't have their own fishing gear. Their stuff's back home and wherever the hell they're from 
But uh, anything like that, man, any any even creative ideas that I can pass along to things that like, uh, you know, from the outsider fellow Citadel graduate, I'd love to reach out to y'all or even the next guy in line who's looking for creative ideas on things to do with the club. You know, actually participate. Be pretty neat thing to do. But uh, I love what y'all are doing, man. And uh, Chandler, I imagine you and I will probably be linking up before too long. We don't live that far apart. We got to make it happen. I, we got to get let's together. Make an, let's make an Everglades trip. Yeah, we'll make these two young bucks <laughs> jealous. Go get yep. on some fish while they're stuck there showering with other gonna, dudes. Y'all get fishing. We're gonna come. We're gonna be there. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? Only eight hours. It's not bad. I drove it before. I drove down to Okeechobee. <laughs> yeah. Just... Uh, it's a paradise down here. But yeah, man, if y'all ever have any kind of trips down this way uh yeah you'll have to holler i can either direct you or try to meet up or do something like that would love i would love to get involved in some way but i think that we'll set that up off the record because uh, th- I-, I would love to actually do something to go beyond i don't know the call of the citadel is echoing out to me the the spirit of the old core is speaking <laughs> from within and so uh i figured out a way to, to to get involved in some way shape or form but we'll we'll hash that out off air, off record, but for sure, guys, uh, really appreciate your time. Caleb, Porter, Chandler, any closing thoughts? Otherwise, we'll wrap things up. I just wanted to thank you for having us on. Uh, when you reached out to us, or Chandler told me about it, I, I think you reached out to him first, and then he reached out to me. Um, it, it sounded like a cool opportunity, and I've been nothing short of just enjoyed it. Uh, I think he brought some good stuff, and just, I mean, the fishing industry in itself, um, I think there needs to be more. I don't know. More people need to be open to it. It's actually really enjoyable. And, and Porter touched on it earlier. It just keeps you in touch with nature. I think it's a good way to um, – and you said it too. Just keep, like, the small things in life important. It, it helps you see what's important. So that's kind of all I have to say about it. Bad day on the water is better than a bad day at work. Yeah. Those are good times. It's all coming back to me now. But yeah, You need to come down next year. I can uh, – I'll be in touch with all the people. So if you want to come down and talk, I mean, I'll, I'll talk to the new president next year. Yeah, I think my wife will talk me into it because I'm like, I'm not going back. But next year will be the 15 year reunion, so maybe I'll, maybe I'll come back. I just, I use up all my vacation time doing fishing trips and don't have any time left. I'm like, I ain't wasting my time to go back to school. But next year, yeah, maybe next year I'll do it. If I do it, I'll totally like to meet up with the club though. That'd be awesome. Yeah, but what been happen? Yeah. When he, anyway guys i appreciate y'all's time i'm gonna run in i got like kids and stuff to, i got like i got some adulting to do i get back to real life yeah. um yeah okay. all right guys i appreciate y'all's time and uh yeah y'all take it easy and 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 keep your head down till the end of the year don't do anything stupid don't get screwed over i've seen a lot of people drop the fumble at fumble at the one yeah. yard line in the fourth quarter be very careful smart i'm gonna try it's gonna be hard We'll see. <laughs> All right, guys. Take it easy. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Boundless Pursuit. Tune in each week as we bring stories and insight from uniquely talented anglers and outdoorsmen. And if you enjoyed this show, I want to hear from you. Be sure to leave a five-star review as this is going to drive the growth and exposure of this show. And if you have feedback or guest suggestions, I would love to hear from you. And you can reach me at boundlesspursuitfishing at gmail.com. For all other collections of media and contact information, please visit www.boundless-pursuit.com.